and I'm assuming we are live now or no we're not live well let me see I guess we are okay I got it Letting us know. I see you, Nancy. God bless you. Elverse and Joyce, God bless you. Good to see you today. Good to have you on. Amen. Amen. We're uh, live uh, with our Bible study. We're just waiting for others to come in and let us know that you are with us. So as you come into the room, uh, go ahead and uh, sign in. Let us know that you're with us. We will get started in just a few minutes. It's Wednesday and we're ready to get into our Bible study tonight. Uh, so we thank you for logging on. Good evening. Who is that? Debbie Newton. God bless you. Good to see you, Debbie. Thank you for joining in in, live, in our live Bible study. Amen. Amen. Elvira. Good evening. God bless you, Elvira. God bless you. Good to have you on. Uh, Moody. I don't know if that's brother or sister Moody, but whichever one it is, good to have you on as well. God bless you. Good evening. Good evening, all the K Chapel. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for our Wednesday night Bible study. And we'll get started in just a moment. Listen, while you are coming in, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I actually preached about the first Sunday uh, when we were not meeting here at the building. Uh, the first Sunday we were not meeting at the building, I preached a sermon entitled, The Church Has Left the Building. Uh, while people are coming in, uh, what I'd like for you to do is um, maybe in... Let's see, I think I've got it in your, in your notes page for tonight. Uh, if you've got the notes page and look at it, there are a couple of questions that I sort of outlined there. Two questions at the end of the first paragraph, it says, while this pandemic has us meeting outside of our regular location, what have you come to learn, value, or appreciate more about your church? What have you come to learn, value, or appreciate more about your church? While people are logging in, uh, just chat that out for us. Chat that, anything that you've come to learn, value, or appreciate more uh, about your church. Amen. While people are logging in. Um, or, or another way we can do that, describe your church in three words or less. Describe K Chapel in three words or less. How would you describe your church? How would you describe K Chapel? Y'all help us tonight. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I've got someone saying no video. I think we're on though. Elverse, try again. Refresh your um, refresh your um, browser. I think we are on. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Cade family. God bless you. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Amen. Amen. We will continue to wait just a few minutes while others are uh, getting logged on. Good to have you on. Hope that you are having a good Wednesday. Hope that you're staying safe. Hope that you are also uh, abiding by the stay home order. Uh, it may prove a little challenging or difficult at times, uh, but uh, we want you to do the right thing, stay safe. Uh, keep your, let's see, uh, where is my, ah, here we go. Yes, I do have one, yes. Hope you got yours. Amen, somebody. Yes, I have mine. Uh, but for purposes of our study, I will uh, not wear it right now. Uh, but we're trying to do all that we can to abide by the regulations and recommendations uh, of our CDC and all of our public health uh, officials. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
So listen, listen, if you take a moment, if you take a moment, those of you who are chatting with us, uh, take a moment, three words to describe your church, three words to describe K Chapel. How would you describe K Chapel? Uh, this is going to go into our Bible study for tonight. Uh, the church has left the building, but how would you describe your church or, or answer this question? Uh, what have you come to appreciate, value, or learn more about your church uh, since we have not been meeting together uh, in, in, this, in this building? Uh, what have you come to value, appreciate, uh, or learn more about your church? Let's, let's chat it out. Go ahead and chat it out. Give, give me three words. How would you describe? I'm waiting. I'm waiting until somebody says something. I'm just going to look at you until, until you write something down. Amen. Amen. Three words to describe your church. How would you describe? How do you, how would you describe Kay? Hey, Otis, I miss y'all too. Miss you too. God bless. God bless. How would you describe Kay Chapel? Come on, somebody. Talk to us. Talk to us. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Y'all waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. Y'all waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. Three words. Three words. How would you describe this church? How would you describe this church? Or what have you come to learn, value, or appreciate? Alistair, progressive. Amen. Progressive, loving. And, and, let's see. And, is there more there? And, okay. Progressive and loving. Progress. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you, Alistair. Well, as you're thinking about that, maybe you're trying to figure it out. Amen. Passionate. God bless you. God bless you. Caring, concerned, busy. Thank you. Three words or less. Thank you. Caring, concerned, and busy. Thank you for that. We want to talk tonight. We want to talk tonight about uh, what, what this body is, this unique body that we call the church. What exactly is the church and how do we uh, think about it. What do we think about it? How do we understand the church? What do we understand the church to be? And what do we understand the church to be doing, particularly uh, in a time such as this? Uh, life applicable. Thank you. God bless you, passionate. Life applicable. All right. Loving, passive, friendly, passive. Okay. All right. Fellowship, peaceful, and loving. Thank you. Thank you. Strong, present and faithful god bless you thank you thank you so if you want to if you want to join me uh follow us tonight if you'll uh click on that tab um uh, notes tab on your underneath uh the video underneath the video feed you should see a tab uh for the bible you should also see a tab for your notes uh if you've got that tab uh you should see at the top of that the church has left uh the building i want to start i want to start by um thinking about what how unique this time is right uh, that we are meeting by way of of technology virtual meetings we're having conference calls uh, we're talking to each other uh, much more uh, on on phones and through video conferences we're not meeting here at the building um, and what exactly does that mean as it relates to our faith as it relates to our spiritual uh, development and growth, how we understand uh, the, the, the mechanisms of the church, the movement and the mission of the church. Uh, can we be the church and do church business uh, without necessarily being in the building? I think the, the answer to that last question is, is uh, pretty obvious in that we are adapting. Uh, we're figuring out new ways to do uh, what we've always done. Uh, but beyond that, what is the church and what is the importance uh, of the building? Uh, because what I don't want to do is make uh, or lead you to the false conclusion uh, of believing that somehow, uh, because we've been forced out of the building, that the building is not important. That, that would be a mistake. That would be a fallacy. Uh, the building has importance. Uh, this this facility and this space uh, is is significant. Um, space matters. Place matters. If you think about it, uh, God uh, introduced Himself to Moses in a particular place, right? 
um, a bush that burned that would not be consumed. And when he stepped, when, when Moses stepped into that specific place, that sacred space, God told him, take your shoes off because the space, this place where you're standing is holy ground. So space matters, place matters. Um, God does uh, unique things in particular places throughout scripture. So I don't wanna um, uh, sort of downplay the significance of the space and the place uh, of this building that we, uh, we congregate in and that we worship in. But I do want to make sure that we understand that beyond this place, we are called to be more and to do more and to, in fact, uh, become uh, the body of Christ. So that whenever we are from this place, that we are, in fact, the hands and the feet of Christ in and throughout the world. For those of you who have been uh, longtime members of K Chapel. You recall that back in the early 80s, um, we had a church fire, a fire that damaged a good portion of our building. And we were displaced for a while. We worshiped uh, in our sister uh, church's building, Friendship, which is on Bailey Avenue. We worshiped there for a number of months before we were able to rebuild and come back to this building. But while we were out of this building, we were still the church. <laughs> we were still K Chapel. And, and, and I, I, want, I want to press that because I want to make sure that we understand that while the building is important, it is not the ultimate thing that defines us. If a tornado came and took this building away, we would still be K Chapel. We would still be the body of Christ, right? Thanks be to God that he gives us a place to meet. He gives us a place where we can fellowship and, and come together and, and encourage one another and worship God as, as a community of faith. But if all of that were gone, we're bigger than any building. Amen. We're bigger than any building. So let's look tonight. Let's look tonight. Go on to your uh, pages, your, your notes page. Let's understand what the church is. There's a Greek word in the Bible for the church. Uh, when Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Greek word for church is ekklesia. Ekklesia uh, means basically called out, the called out ones. Uh, and, so, and so we are the called out ones as, what are we called out from? We have been called out of the world. We've been called out of sin. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so the church represents those individuals who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who have allowed his Holy Spirit to come within and take residence within this sanctuary, the sanctuary of our hearts, the sanctuary of our lives. And we are now called out to be called in, into a new body, into a new fellowship, into a new reality. We've been called out to be called in, the ecclesia, the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So Jesus Jesus is in the, the business of building. So <laughs> this idea of the building, uh, again, I, I don't want to downplay the significance of a building because Jesus himself is building something in us, right? He's building something in and through us. Uh, what is the church? Let's, let's talk about what the church is by talking about what the church is not. It is not a building, but it is a group, it says, but a group of born-again believers meeting for worship, fellowship, etc. Uh, Acts 2, four, verses 42 through 47. There are then local churches, right, like Cade Chapel and any other local church in this community throughout Jackson, throughout the world. There are local churches, but then there's also what we call the universal church. The universal church is that grand, glorious body of baptized believers. Um, uh, th those who, 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 who are here present, those who have gone on to be with the Lord, we represent the body, the glorious body of Jesus Christ. We are his church. We are his church. But we are more than a building. We are more than a building. Jesus is building something in us. 
but we are not relegated to the bricks and the mortar of any one building. That's good news, y'all. Why is that good news? That be, that's good news because when we're shut down in moments like this, the church moves on. That's good news, y'all, because it, it says that if we cannot come to the building, what we have inside of us is greater than any power that's happening around us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, right? So the, the, when Jesus says, watch this, watch this, upon this rock I will build my church, look at this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen to that again. We quote that scripture all the time, but listen to it in the context of where we are right now. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, which means, watch this, that in moments like this, the church is not being still. The church is not just cooped up somewhere, right? Even though we're in a shelter in place order, that we in fact continue to preach the gospel. The gospel moves forward. The gospel goes forward. We are pushing against the very gates of hell right now. And the promise is that the power of the church will be so much that it will overcome anything that the enemy tries to do against us. The gates of hell will not be able to stop the church even now. But beloved, that's good news, y'all. That's good news. A pandemic cannot stop the preached gospel, right? That that we continue to move forward. That's that's good news. Um, so 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 metaphors. Let's look at this. Metaphors that describe the church all throughout the Bible. There are lots of metaphors that are used. Jesus uses them. The Apostle Paul uses them in order to uh, to, to describe what the church is. First thing we see here is the body of Christ, the body of Christ, Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have uh, the supremacy. Throughout the scriptures, the church is, is identified as the body of Christ. Watch this. And we are the members we are the members. It's 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 Paul who talks about and uses that language uh, of being many members but one body, right? And and can the head say to the foot, "I have no need of thee"? Can can can, can we are all different members of the body? Uh, there's the head, there's the neck, there's the eye, there's the nose, there's the foot, there are the knees, and all of the members are important. And it does not matter, watch this, it does not matter what you are, what member you are in the body, as long as you are in the body, right? That we all serve a particular purpose, we all serve a particular function, and none is more important than the other. How many of you ever stumped your pinky toe, your that little toe? You know the one I'm talking about. How many of you know that when you stump that little toe, that it can shoot shock waves up your body of pain, right? And let you know that it's there, as small as it is. Why? Because even that little toe is significant. And it does not matter how small we think we are in the body, you are significant in the body of Christ. We are members. We are all members. We are the baptized. We are who are born again. We are members of the body of Christ. And so the church, the church, first of all, is the body of Christ. Secondly, secondly, we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Revelation 19, verses 7 through 8. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. We are the bride of Christ and Jesus calls himself the bridegroom. And, and the good news is that the bridegroom is coming again for his bride, right? That when Jesus returns, he's coming back to, to receive his bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. That's why it's important for us. Uh, you know, we, we are Baptists, but I need to say, listen, we need to be holy. <laughs> Oftentimes we, we think about holiness as being a, a denomination unto itself. No, uh, if you are born again, you're supposed to be holy, spotless, spotless, without blemish or wrinkle, right? That Jesus is returning for a holy bride, a an unspotted bride, a, a bride that doesn't have wrinkles in her dress. Ha, ha, no bride wants to come down the aisle with, 
with a with a dirty dress and and a wrinkled dress you 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 wouldn't want to see a bride coming down and looks like they, they haven't taken any care for how they're coming to the bridegroom no you want that bride to look presentable amen somebody and jesus is coming back for a bride watch this that has taken care of how she presents herself i wish i had a witness in this house jesus is returning for a bride that is taking care of how she presents herself let us be holy because god is holy we are holy people amen amen so the bible talk calls us also the branches of christ uh we he is the vine we are the branches we are supposed to stay connected to the vine, right? For if we're connected to the vine, that he was connected to the vine, Jesus says, shall produce much fruit. But without him, we can produce no fruit. We are fruitless if we are not connected to Jesus, who is the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. As the church, as the church, watch this. We can't, watch this, listen. We can't go growing our own way getting connected to other vines. He is the vine. We must stay connected to him, right? As the church, we stay connected to him and therefore we produce then the fruit of his spirit. How can you produce the fruit of the spirit if you are not connected to the vine? Amen, somebody. How can you, how can you demonstrate love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, if you are not connected to the vine? He is the vine, we are the branches. So we're the body, we're the bride, we're the branches. We're also the building of Christ. Listen to that, we're the building of Christ. I love this in Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. Listen to that. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The Bible calls us a building fitly framed together. We are building, watch this, built upon the apostles, right? The foundation of the apostles. What is the foundation? Not the apostles themselves, but what the apostles preached. Jesus Christ, him dead, crucified, buried, rose again from the dead. That foundation is the foundation upon which we, the building of Christ, we are built. And he fitly frames us together that we might become a holy temple that is built in order that he might take habitation himself. Jesus Christ, we sing that song sometimes, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, right? Pure and holy, tried and true. We're supposed to be a building that God himself takes residence in. That's why, beloved, that's why, beloved, when, when I say to you, uh, I know when, when we're preaching, and I know you're not here in this building, but you yourself, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Don't worry about not meeting in this building. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be dwelling in you right now, right? Prepare yourself to be the dwelling place so that his spirit rules and reigns and dwells deep within you. And listen, he can't dwell within you if you are not, if you have not prepared your place. Amen, somebody. That, that means, listen, that means throughout the week, you need not just be cleaning your house. You need to be cleaning your heart. Good God Almighty. You need not just be sweeping uh, your your floors, but you need to be sweeping the consciousness of your mind so that so that no evil thoughts and no no, pri no thoughts of pride or or lust or or immorality dwell there. But that you're constantly preparing your your temple. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will not dwell in an unclean temple. So we ourselves we are the building of God. We are the building of God. Amen. 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 Listen to this next one. Letter E. Letter E. Uh, sheep who need to stay together in one flock. I told you last week, I told you last week that, that one of the challenges right now for pastors uh, is, is shepherding sheep 
that we cannot see. That is a challenge, y'all. That is a challenge. Why? Because, because shepherds need to see their flock, right? Shepherds need to see where their flock, what, what how their flock is doing. If, if, if the flock has gotten into any danger, right? If the flock is, is, is looking weak or, or, or looking uh, unhealthy or, or if something's going on in, in a particular uh, sheep's life. And it's, it's, it's that visual contact that allows pastors uh, to, to, to be in tune and in touch uh, with his, his flock. Uh, and so this is a very challenging time, but that's, that's, that's what the church is. We are sheep. And Jesus, Jesus talks about uh, the church being uh, sheep without a shepherd sometimes, right? In the scripture where it describes, describes his people as being sheep. And he wept over us because he saw us as sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, that, that God, God's heart for us weeps over those. Look, listen to that, y'all. That he weeps over those who are sheep without shepherds. That, that's that's you know sometimes we um, unfortunately diminish the role of the pastor, and we think of the pastor as sometimes being just someone who has been hired to preach. But the pastor has been is 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 much more than a preacher. A pastor is someone who is tending to the flock, looking at the emotional stress, looking at the spiritual need for growth, looking at, at where one is struggling and, 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 and sorrowing when someone sorrows, celebrating when someone celebrates, praying for someone who, who needs prayer. That, that, that's, that's what goes into pastoring. And, and, and some have been called to preach, others have been called to pastor. Um, and, and, and the church does not just need a preacher, the church needs a pastor. Amen, somebody. The church needs a pastor. And so the church are sheep. The church is a flock. Uh, that's why the, uh, in, in, the, in, in the book of Acts, um, uh, Luke, the doctor, says, uh, uh, look over your flock whom the Lord has made you overseer. We are to oversee and look for our, look after the condition and the welfare and the well-being of our flock calls us a flock, calls us a flock, the church is a flock, but then letter F says that we're soldiers, soldiers who are active in God's army. Second Timothy two and three, uh, endure hardship with us like a good soldier, a good soldier of Christ Jesus. The church, uh, we are, we are, we sing that song, the men uh, used to sing that song. We haven't sing it often uh, recently, but it says we are soldiers in the army. We have to fight, although we have to cry. We have to hold up the bloodstained banner. We got to hold it up until we die. We are soldiers in God's army. We have been called, watch this, we have been called into spiritual warfare. We are soldiers carrying the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. That's who the church is. That's who the church is. And, and, and that's why Paul says, I have fought a good fight. He, he brings in that language of being a soldier on the battlefield for the Lord. Amen. We are soldiers on the battlefield. We, we're, we're supposed to be fighting the good fight of faith. We are the church. We're the church, not, not sitting idly by. We're supposed to be, watch this, y'all. We're supposed to be taking it to the devil. We're supposed, watch this, we're not supposed to be sitting around and, and just taking what the devil gives us. We're supposed to be giving the devil the fight of his life. We are soldiers. Let's fight a good fight. We're soldiers. We're, we're supposed to be claiming souls in the name of the Lord. We are soldiers. We're supposed to be advancing the kingdom of God. We are soldiers. We're not supposed to be passive. We're supposed to be active. We are soldiers. Amen, somebody. Somebody, you, you, listen, you, you've been on the sidelines. You're a soldier. Get on the battlefield. Fight the good fight of faith. Letter G, we're citizens. We're citizens, citizens of God's kingdom. I love this because uh, it really, when, when that, that language of citizenship reminds us, reminds us that though we live here, uh, we, we are ultimately citizens of another kingdom. And though we are American citizens by by national uh, by birth or 
or, 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 or by becoming a citizen, uh, we who are born again, we have another, another citizenry. We, have, we are citizens of another kingdom. Watch this. We operate with different rules. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't do it the way of the world. We do life differently. Yeah, Jesus taught his, taught his disciples this very thing, and, and, and they didn't understand it at first, but Jesus kept pressing the teaching to make them understand that his kingdom was not of this world. And so he would say stuff that, that would blow their minds like, 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 love your enemies. Who does that? <laughs> we who are not of this world, we who are different citizens, bless those who curse you. Who does that? We who are not of this world, we are a, we have a different kingship. Yeah. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? Because you have a different citizenship. And, and, and we who are in the church, we don't do life like those who do it in the world. If you're still doing life the way you did it when you're in the world, you need to check your card. Yeah, you need to check and make sure you've been born again. Because if you've been born again, you're supposed to do life differently. I know, I know that doesn't mean that people don't get on your nerves, but but you ought to respond differently than you did before you were born again. Why? Because you are a different citizen now. Yeah, when you were a citizen of the world, you would curse them out. But now that you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, you bless them. Amen, somebody. When you were a citizen of the world, you gave them a piece of your mind. But now that you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, you give them a blessing. I wish y'all would come on and talk to me in here. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are citizens of a different kingdom. Uh, letter H, letter H. We're priests, priests who serve in the same temple. I love this. I love this, this particular um, uh, point. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, I want you to read that. It says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. A holy priesthood. You are a holy priesthood. Listen to that, beloved. A holy priesthood. Um, the church, the church as we are, particularly as Baptists, the way we understand and interpret the scripture is that we have been given direct access to God, which means though we have pastors who care for our souls and who help to lead us and direct us in, in, the, in the way of spiritual growth, that at any time I can go to God in prayer for myself why? Because we are a holy priesthood. That means, that means, that means I don't have to call my pastor to talk to the Lord. I can talk to him for myself. Good God Almighty. I, 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 I love my pastor, but I don't need my pastor to get a prayer through. Because I can pray to the Lord for my, I wish y'all would come on and talk to, I can pray to God for myself. We are a holy priesthood, a holy nation. That's good news, y'all. And as the church, God has given us direct access. That's why it, it, what is so special about Holy Week and, and Good Friday and what happens on Good Friday when Jesus dies on the cross and, and the, the, the veil uh, in the temple is ripped in twain. It, it is a symbol of, of the fact that now as, as believers of Jesus Christ, we have been given direct access to God himself and we don't have anything blocking us or, 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 or interrupting our relationship with God. Jesus rips the veil in twain and gives us the ability to go to God for ourselves because we are the church. We are the church. We are the church. So, what kind of, we, we got a few more minutes here, we're doing good on time. What kind of church should we be? And what kind of church should you be united with? 
I'm assuming that online right now, there are some who are not members of Cade Chapel. And so we want to talk about not only what kind of church we should be or what kind of church we should be as the body of Christ, but what kind of church you should be united with. First of all, if you're not a member of a Christ-centered church, you need to be a member of one, a Christ-centered a Christ -centered church where Jesus Christ is the center of worship. Now, why do I say that? You, you, you might think that that goes without saying, and that, that's pretty obvious, and it should be. But the reality is there are a lot of things that churches center on right now besides Christ. Yeah, there, there are a lot of, honestly, there are a lot of personality-centered churches where churches focus in on the personality of the pastor even more than the person of Jesus Christ. And, and, and that church is so enamored and so... Um, uh, the fabric of that church is so knitted uh, in the personality of that pastor uh, that that it becomes a personality-driven ministry. No, no. Uh, the, the church must be Christ-centered, Christ-driven. He is the head of the church. And anything that takes away or any personality that takes away from the person of Jesus Christ from being the center that 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 is a that is a church that has lost its grounding and lost what should be centering that church there's some churches that are centered in music now listen i'll be very clear we love music here at k chapel amen we've got a wonderful music program thank god for that um but 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 that is not the center of our ministry right jesus christ must be the center of ministry. There's some churches that center on, on technology and center on, on all kinds of things. The collateral things suddenly become the major things. The minor things become the major things. And we start majoring in the minors. Jesus Christ must be the center, amen, must be the center of the church. Uh, number two, uh, where Christ is not merely looked upon as a good teacher or moral example, but as the crucified Savior and living Lord, He's not just the just, not just a good teacher. In Luke chapter eighteen, verses eighteen and nineteen, there you will see where uh, a man approaches Jesus and he calls him good master, and Jesus responds to him saying, "Why do you call me good?" Right? Because honestly, a lot of people think of Jesus and will acknowledge that he's good, right? But they don't necessarily acknowledge him as being Lord. I, I'm I'm remembering where uh, I was watching uh, when when Clay Evans. Uh, that 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 great pastor and preacher from uh, from from Chicago uh, when he passed and they had his funeral and, and all kinds of uh, uh, people and dignitaries and personalities uh, attended that funeral uh, and, and one of the people in attendance of that funeral was was uh, Louis Farrakhan and and if you watch that if you watch that service uh, when when Louis Farrakhan uh, spoke I mean the church went up. It did. It just did. I mean, you know, if you know Farrakhan, he's a he's an eloquent speaker and he can put a lot of words together that really sound good. And 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 he talked about Jesus in such a way that it almost made you believe he was a Christian. It almost sounded like he was a Christian. Uh, but but we know he's not. Right. And 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 my point being that there are a lot of people who will acknowledge that Jesus is a good man. Right. The question is, is he the is he, watch this, the son of God, and is he the savior of the world? That's who makes the church. That's what makes the church. Those are those who are born again. And Jesus says, you must be born again. So you gotta, have, if, 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 if you're gonna be a part of a church, that church needs to be Christ-centered, and it must be a church that, that 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 without pause acknowledges Jesus as being the Son of of God, the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of man's soul, in whom we live, breathe, and have our being. Amen. Uh, what kind of church should the church be, and what kind of church should you be a part of? Letter B: A church that emphasizes. 
the new birth in Jesus Christ. That's what we just talked about, where it's clear that people are made aware of the necessity of a conversion experience. Jesus says to a man named Nicodemus in John chapter three and three, you must be born again. You can't get around it. You must be born again. Don't tell me about how good you are. Don't tell me about all the things that you do in your community. Don't tell me about all the awards that you've gotten. Don't tell me about what people think about you, what they say about you, all of that. That's good, great, and dandy. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? And if you cannot say you've been born again, my, my brothers, my sister, you are not a part of the church. You are not the ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones who've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. You must be born again. Somebody type it for me. You must be born again. Letter C, a church that teaches and preaches the word of God, teaches and preaches the word of God to build your faith, give you wisdom, train in godliness and help you to grow. You got to have a church if you're going to, if uh, the church must be that body that preaches and teaches the word of God. And, and Paul says this, that you've got to preach it in season and out of season. That the word is not something that that's fashionable. And, and this is one of those things that, that, that uh, pastors and preachers uh, really have to be careful of. Um, you you cannot, and churches have to be very spirit-led, that we are not following trends and fads and fashions, um, because that's a that's an easy way to get caught up in, in the doctrine of the day. It's an easy way for sheep to be tossed to and fro, right? When you're following just the trends and the doctrine of the day and, and what's fashionable in preaching. Uh, a, a good example of that is the prosperity message, right? When that came on the scene uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, and, and it took off and it blew up and, and preachers started preaching uh, the prosperity gospel and all this, and, you know, and, and it, went, it went haywire. And if you notice, if you notice right now, ain't nobody talking prosperity. <laughs> I know it's not good English, but you understand what I'm saying. The prosperity gospel is not going to get you through this. You need some 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 solid theology, some solid doctrine, the gospel. And, and Paul says that's why you got to preach it in season and out of season. Right. The gospel of Jesus Christ is something that you preach. Watch this when it's fashionable and not fashionable. Amen, somebody. When it's when 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 they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it, right? Um, and Ephesians four eleven and sixteen, also Second Timothy four and two, tells us about preaching and teaching the word of God. Uh, fourth letter D need to we we need to be a loving church. Jesus Jesus says it very clearly to his disciples. Uh, uh, they will know that you are my disciples uh, by your love, right? It's it, it's not your teaching, it's not your tongue talking. It's none of that. Uh, you, you can have all the gifts of the Spirit. And Paul himself said it. He said, listen, uh, you, you, you can talk in tongues, uh, but if you don't have charity, you're just tinkling brass and sounding simple. Simple. If you don't have charity, if you don't have love, you, you can do all you can have all the gifts of the Spirit. You can you can fall out. You can. You, you can speak to mountains and they move. You can touch folk and they be healed. You, you can see into the future and, and speak prophetically. You can do all of that. But if you don't have love, amen, somebody, if you can't love people, then you're just talking out the side of your neck, <laughs> tinkling brass and sounding cymbal. You got to have love. You got to have love. You got to have love. Letter E. A church with a sense of mission, a church with a sense of mission. What is the church's mission? Jesus gave it very clearly. He said in Matthew 28, and you know it, um, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Go therefore, baptize all nations. That is, watch this beloved, that is the mission of the church. Listen, listen, listen. K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. That sounds good, doesn't it? Right? 
all, all, all of the churches that, that have missionary Baptist church in them, right, in their names, right, which suggests that we should have a mission. And the mission that we should have should not be one that we are creating and making up by ourselves. It is a mission that has already been given us to, by Jesus Christ, the head and the center. Since he is the head of the church, since he is the cornerstone, since we are built upon him, right, then we should not be creating and making up our own mission. Rather, we should be following the commission that he gave us. Go ye therefore, baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Follow the mission of Christ. Baptize. Teach. Teach them what? Teach them his word. Teach them his commandments. A new commandment I give you, right? To love you one another as I have loved you, right? Teach them my commandments. To observe them, not to just know them. Why? Because if you know them and do not do them, James said, you're, you're like a man who looks in a glass and goes away and forget what he looks like, right? Because it's not just about hearing the word. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be ye doers also. Follow my commandments. Teach the word, not just a word that we want to teach. We, we, don't, we don't need to be coming up with stuff. God already gave us what to teach. There's no reason for us to be coming up with something new and, and novel. Just teach what God has given us. Uh, uh, Roman number three, don't look for the perfect church. Listen, let me help you. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect church. Why? Because we are the church and the church is comprised or made up of imperfect people, right? And since we're imperfect, there will be no perfect church, right? There are mean, news, news flash. There are some mean Christians. I know you don't want to believe it. Yes, there are. There's some mean Christians in the world, right? You know a few of them. I hope you're not one of them, right? Yeah, it's made up of imperfect people. There are some Christians who still lie. There are some Christians who still cuss. There are some Christians who, who still cheat. We're made up of imperfect people. But that should not, watch this, but all of us are imperfect. I hear some people saying sometimes, well, that's why I don't want to join the church because the church is full of hypocrites. Well, you know what? There, there may be people who are imperfect, but we are people who are supposed to be striving, supposed to be continuing on our spiritual journey. We're not there yet, but we're supposed to be making strides daily. And what we did last year, we ought to be a little bit better this year and not doing those same things. The sins we committed last month, we ought to be making a little more progress where we are stronger this month. Amen, somebody. So don't look for the perfect church. Don't go out and say, and I, you know, folk, you, you know, people, they church hop, they go from this one to that one to another. They have a problem over here and they got a problem over there. And they, well, I left this church because of this and I left this church because of that. And maybe you're the problem. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Don't look for the perfect church. Look for the church that's perfect for you. Yeah, look for the church that's perfect for you. All right? What about church membership? We're going to end on this. What about church membership? Is church membership important? I get this question. I get this question a lot. Is church membership important? Can I just come? Right? If I'm coming, if I'm regular in my attendance, right? If I give, right? If I study the word of God, why is it important to become a, a member? Is that just something that, you know, that, that, that boosts uh, the profile of a church or boosts the ego of a pastor? Why do I need to join a church? And is church membership even biblical? Let me answer that. Yes, church membership is biblical. And that's the first thing you got to understand. Church membership is biblical. Look at, uh, um, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22. Also, Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 47 says, the Lord added to the church daily. The Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. The Lord added to the church. Watch this. Their numbers grew. It was a ten, the church, it is a tangible expression 
of what God is doing. So membership matters. It says, watch this, that I am a part of the body of Christ and I am a part and I want to be a part of what God is doing in this particular fellowship, in this locale. I identify myself as a part of this fellowship. It serves to, just says letter C, it serves to join God's people together for his purpose and for his service. Hebrews uh, uh, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 10, verse 25. Uh, you remember that verse, it, it says uh, something about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, right? That we should not forsake this, that, that God expects for us to come together. There is something special. There is something unique, and, and this is one of the challenges, actually, in not meeting in this building, that when we don't meet in this, in this building, when, when we don't come together as a corporate body, that we do miss something that happens here, that can only happen here, right? That I miss being encouraged by you. I miss the touch, right? The touching and agreeing. I miss the embracing that we have, that encourage, I miss that, you miss that. There, there, there's that thing that, that community can only bring by, by coming together, by being a part of it, by sitting next to someone and, and connecting with that individual, seeing the tear and, and going and encouraging that individual and, and praying for that individual and laying hands on that individual. That's something that we miss. And so membership, tell your, tell your neighbor, membership matters. And if, if there's someone here who's online right now who has, who has not uh, uh, taken the time and the opportunity to become a member, thinking that membership is not important, I want to encourage you right now. Become a member. If you've given your life to Christ already, but you've held out on the whole idea of membership, I want you to press into it. I want to ask you the question. If membership is not so important, why is it so important that you've not joined? Why have you held out so much on that, right? Yeah, press into that, lean into that. God uses, God still uses the membership to do very special things. And I want you, I want you to be a part. I want you to be a part of this fellowship, this membership. Hopefully you see something uh, maybe at the bottom of your screen because I can't see it all right here on the screen that I'm looking at. Uh, but there should be a prayer, a prayer button, uh, a give button, and maybe also a, a connect button, some, something of that nature. Hopefully it's there. If it's not there, then we'll make sure that uh, it gets there for next week. But if it is there and you have not uh, connected with us, uh, then I want you to I want you to do that tonight. I want you to I want you to press that button and connect with us. Um, go ahead and, and let it be known that you want to be a part of this church. That's going to connect you to, uh, or take you to another page where you can fill out a form to connect with us. Uh, identify yourself. It's just, just going to ask you a few questions, and we want you to connect with us and be a part of what's happening here at K Chapel. Uh, until we meet at this building, be a part of us now. Right. So that when when we open these doors, listen, when these doors open, uh, listen, everybody who's ever said to me, Reverend, I almost shouted. I don't want to hear it no more. I don't want to hear that anymore. Reverend, I almost uh -uh, no more. when these doors open, y'all better come in this building with a shout. Hello, somebody. Y'all better come in this building with hands lifted up, giving glory to God, not just for being in the building again but for him keeping us, for him protecting us. And listen, I'm going to tell you, you ought not wait until the shout. You ought to shout right now. You ought to lift up some hands right now. You ought to put some emojis on this screen right now of, of hands lifted up. Everybody who's ever said, Reverend, I almost shouted. You ought to make sure that when these doors open, you come in with a shout unto the Lord. Clap your hands, O ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. That's our study for tonight. Yes, the church has left the building. The church has left the physical building, but we are the church. And I promise you, we will meet at this building again. We will be at this building again. And I do believe this, that God still has more in store for us here at K Chapel, where we will be beyond this building. 
We will do church in so many new fantastic ways. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man all of the glorious things that God is going to do because the church has left the building. Listen, beloved, it's Passion Week. I wanna invite you this Friday, this Friday, uh, you may have seen it on our Facebook page. We're gonna have a virtual Good Friday service. Uh, there are seven pastors uh, who have, uh, we've been connecting and, and, and planning. for this evening, uh, for Friday evening, and we want you to be a part of that. Uh, so go to the Facebook page, uh, the K Chapel Facebook page, uh, and join us and connect with us uh, on Friday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and uh, you will be able to uh, get uh, a word from seven different pastors on the seven last words of Jesus Christ uh, as he died on Calvary's cross. It's gonna be a great time. And we want you to do that this Friday at 7 p.m. Also, we want to remind you that it is Easter Sunday coming up this Easter. Amen. And we want you to join us again on live stream at 11 a.m. A great service is going to be planned for us. We want you to uh, wake up, uh, get your coffee, and, and be ready to worship with us. Uh, and don't just join uh, in late. Get, get your seat and get ready for worship. Prepare your heart. Uh, pray and prepare your minds for worship to take place uh, because we want it to be uh, something that ministers directly to you in a very personal and a very powerful and prolific uh, way. So prepare your hearts for worship to take place. We thank you for joining us by way uh, of this live stream. Uh, we're going to continue to do all that we can uh, to reach out to you. I want you to be in prayer uh, for our church family. I want you to be in prayer uh, for the Powell family. Reverend Powell continues to improve, uh, but he still uh, uh, needs our prayers, and so continue uh, to lift him up. Also lift up the Cheatham and Braxton uh, family. Sister Braxton, Irma Braxton, is in hospice uh, at home, but continue to look, uh, lift them up. These are challenging times for that family, but we know that God uh, is an able God, so keep them lifted up and in your prayers also. Amen. Uh, lift up also Sister uh, Janice Mitchell. Janice Mitchell uh, uh, had another death in her family. Her nephew, I believe in Wisconsin, uh, uh, died and those funeral services are planned for this Saturday. Uh, so continue to lift them up. And of course, we're praying for our nation. We're praying for our state. Stay safe, y'all, and stay in place. And listen, wear one of these. Amen. Amen. I got mine. I hope you got yours. Use this. Amen. Use your hand sanitizer. Amen. Use your hand sanitizer. Amen. I'm just trying to do my part. Y'all make sure you do yours. All right. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Stay prayerful. Stay lifted up. God bless you. We love you. Let's pray together. Eternal God, our Father, we bless you. We thank you now for who you are, for the awesome things that you do. Lord, thank you that you have called us to be the church. And in so being the church, that we are not confined or contained by a building. Thank you that we are your bride. Thank you that we are your body. Thank you that we are the building of Christ. And that inside of us, you are building a new work. Be with us, Lord, as we are out of this physical building that we would be the people of God that you have called us to be, not of this world, but of another kingdom. Keep us for, forever in your care. Keep us safe, O oh God. Protect us. Be our hedge. Be our fence. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus that no weapon formed against us will prosper. I pray for everyone who is listening right now. I pray for every member I pray for every attender. I pray, oh God, for everyone who is participating right now. Keep us forever in your care. We ask it in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you soon.